And what's good, y'all? What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai. She also got a jam. Actually, it's a bit of y'all get us kind of a special treat. You get two episodes in one weekend. You get one today for uh, the, date, the date that this episode will go up is September 28th. But on the next day, September 29th, I'll give you an MLB preview show. Re, uh, pretty much tying up a bow on the 2019 MLB regular season and me previewing the 2019 MLB playoffs. And I'll get to that uh, tomorrow when all of the playoffs. But there's two spots left to be determined. Who wins the National League Central and who uh, gets the uh, second National League wildcard spot. The Nationals already clinched home field advantage in the first wildcard spot earlier in the week, but I'll get to that in that episode. This episode is all dedicated to what's going on in the National Football League. Now, we'll, of course, recap week three, the week that was in week three in the NFL. I'll get all over Harbaugh and his over-aggressiveness against Kansas City. I'll get all over Earl Thomas and him piping down and him getting absolutely torched in the game against the Chiefs last week. I'll touch on Bruce Arians and doing something completely asinine that I still don't understand and intentionally taking a delay a game penalty thinking that it was too close for the kicker only for, only for his kicker to miss it and give Daniel Jones his first win as starting quarterback for the New York football giants and I'll get over and I'll get all over Freddie Kitchens who completely and the Browns and that Baker Mayfield that means you who spit the bit and threw up all over themselves against the Rams last Sunday night. I'll get on the Bengals and the Redskins both falling to 0-3. I'll recap the Thursday night game between the Eagles and the uh, Packers. I'll preview and give my picks for week four in the National Football League. And oh, by the way, in case you want to see a couple of uh, Latino old farts that haven't been relevant in the uh, pop culture and in the music uh, platform on, you know, mainstream. Not, I'm not talking about some little dopey album that, you know, that they released that, that no one gives any attention to. But if you're into uh, old, into Latino old farts with, uh, big, with, with big booties that haven't been <laughs> relevant since <laughs> Since 1997, you got a treat because in Super Bowl 54, you will have Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, who turned 60 about uh, last August, uh, performing the Super Bowl Bowl 54 halftime show. I'll give you my quick thoughts on that in a bit. But first things first, Ravens will do Ravens and Chiefs and Harbaugh first. I mean, for Harbaugh, I mean, how dumb can you be? I mean the Ravens did lose the game, but I mean Har I mean but Harbaugh, I mean, how dumb can you be? On a fourth and two on a fourth and two, you 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 are on with a short field after the Chiefs literally went down the field and scored, and I got Harbaugh going you know, going for it on a on a four on a fourth and two. I mean on, I mean uh, Harbaugh, I, I mean kidding me. On a four on a fourth and two with ten, with about with t- about ten thirty in the second quarter, I got Harbaugh going for two now. When he tried, when or not going for two, but going on going for on fourth and two, and I got Harbaugh and I got Harbaugh doing that now. When he scored the first play of the drive, trying to t- I mean, take the points, Harbaugh. I mean, gee whiz, take I mean take what they give you. Okay, you're not. This isn't the New England Patriots. Okay, 
where you kind of have to do nutty things and be aggressive in order for you to get out, you know, for you to get that little bit of an edge. Okay, these are the Kansas City Chiefs, not the New England Patriots. You don't necessarily have to, you know, be Mister Call every aggressive thing in the book in order for you to in order for you to to ensure yourself of winning the football game. Okay, this is the Kansas City Chiefs. They have Andy Reid as their head coach. Okay, not Bill Bel- not Bill Belichick. I don't know what in the world Harbaugh was thinking going for going for two on his first. I mean, kick the kick the PAT, son. Will you please? My gosh, Almighty! I mean, you have the best kicker in the sport, and you and you go for it on fourth and two. Oh, that 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 was stupid. And the other thing that was stupid is after after Kansas City went down the field and scored, they got the Ravens got the ball back, and then on with about ten thirty to play in the second quarter, he goes for it on a fourth and two get on a fourth and two on their side of the fifty. I mean, I mean, are you are you really are you really kidding me, Harbaugh? On a on a fourth on a fourth and two, you, you, I, I mean, it, and it wasn't like a simple fourth. And, it wasn't like a, a you know any regular fourth and two. It was a, it was a fourth and long two, when the Chiefs basically had everybody stacked up in the box, and, and you, I mean it was a fourth and two on your forty seven yard line, and you go for it there, giving giving Miami the short get, excuse me giving um Kansas City the short field. I had, what what Harbaugh thought or what he was thinking in that play, and and during those two sequences made absolutely no sense at a, uh, no sense whatsoever. Kick the you got I mean apparently apparently Justin Tucker and Sam Cooke don't exist. I mean Harbaugh, you have the best kicker in the sport that literally for his first time in his entire career missed an extra point last year in the Saints game. But he has been immaculate as a kicker, and since he's arrived in Baltimore in 2012 in his rookie season, when you guys went all the way to the Super Bowl. But, but please, guys, 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 Harbaugh, kick the PAT. Okay, don't don't go chasing points. Take the points it's given to you. It's the first quarter. You scored first. You, you, you all live, okay, if you kick the PAT. Third quarter, you know, third third quarter, fourth quarter, you know, got to the point where they were down a couple of possessions. All right, then I understand going for two. But going for two that early in the game made no, absolutely no sense whatsoever. None. I mean, and, and, and Harbaugh's got to know better. And the thing, and the thing that, and the thing that's even worse is the idea that he went for on fourth and two, risk uh, uh, risking that, uh, risking the chance of giving Miami or uh, why do I keep saying Miami, giving Kansas City the shortened field. With Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, you don't want to do under any circumstances, and it's not like that you, and it's not like that you guys have like a, a scrub of a, of a punter. Okay, you have one of the best punters in all of football. It's like special teams is is you guys a strong suit. I mean, let let let's be honest. Special teams is where you is where you is besides the defense is one of the most strongest areas in your football team, going back to the Brian Billick days. There is no excuse. There is. Absolutely no excuse for 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 Harbaugh's poor coaching, and it and it turns and it turns out that they that they ended up losing the game, and and on and honestly, it served them right because you cannot. I don't care. I don't and don't give me well Patrick Mahomes. Okay, he's Patrick Mahomes, guys. He's not Brady. He's not Montana. All right. Mahomes is Mahomes is a great talent, but gee whiz, you all, the if you listen if you listen to everybody talk, you could have swore that Patrick Mahomes have won seven Super Bowls and has broken every touchdown passing record known to mankind. Let's let's take it easy, all right. P- keep in mind, Andy Reid is his head coach, not Belichick. Okay, Andy Reid has no, has has been known to spit up on themselves in the past in the clutch. 
Go ask, uh, go ask Tennessee, go ask Tennessee, go ask, uh, go ask, go ask Tennessee, go ask Marcus Mariota, go ask, uh, Andrew Luck and, uh, Chuck Pagano, go ask, uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They, they, honestly. And, and, and then, and then I got Harbaugh sitting up here trying to, you know, giving me some analytical garbage about you know the 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 importance of how analytics goes into his going his decision making listen to this it's part of what we do it's not all of what we do uh, I have a good understanding of the numbers and how it works uh, I have people in my ear that help with that as well which is important not just with that but with challenges and things like that we, we're very organized in what we do and we have a method and a process and it's very uh, very very detailed and well thought out and, uh, you know, I think I was pretty clear about last night, but we're standing by our decisions. Our decisions gave us the best chance to win the game in that particular game. These are not like league average choices. These are these are determined by this game and for this game specifically in that venue. Weather is even factored into it. There's a lot of factors that go into it that are mathematically calculated. Uh, and that, that's why we did it. It wasn't a it wasn't a field position game. It was a possession game. And making the most of each possession was what counted, and that's what we were uh, attempting to do. And we, for the most part, we did a really good job of it. John, fundamentally, when you go for two when you're down 11 there, which conventionally speaking, coaches haven't done that in the past, is that really about trying to maximize win probability in regulation as opposed to playing for overtime, knowing you're already going to need two stops and then coin flip and needing another stop in overtime to win the game? No question. I mean, getting it to nine gives you a much better chance of winning than, than taking it into overtime. And uh, you still have a chance to do that with the second two. And if for some reason they happen to kick a field goal or score a touchdown, it also enhances your odds. So uh, while you may think getting a 10 is the thing to do, it's the thing to do if you want to go into overtime. It's not the thing to do if you want to win the game in regulation. And that's what we were trying to do. How do you balance the analytics work your gut and all your coaching experience all the yeah. years? I do it a lot. I do it all the time. I mean, I, like the analytics guys will tell you that, that I don't follow the analytics nearly enough. They'll tell you that, uh, that I go by my gut way more than I go by the analytics, and I do. Because the flow of the game, the feel of the game, situations you've been in, uh, momentum, to use your word, Jerry, um, all those things are something as a coach you have a real, a real sense for. So uh, I'll, I'll, go by, I'll go against the analytics a lot more than I go with it in terms of, you know, 50-50 close, close calls, but in a game like that, that those, were, those were definitely decisions that gave us the best chance to win and put us in position to win the game without question. If we hadn't made those decisions, uh, especially the fourth down decisions, we wouldn't have been within a score at the end of the game, period. And uh, that's borne out, out by looking back. If we get the two-point conversions, we win the game by just by doing what we did uh, without executing some other things. So, uh, like I said last night, we stand by our decisions. Okay, a couple of things I gotta say on that. The fact that Harbaugh sat up here and and blew smoke up everybody's, you know, blew smoke up everybody's, you know what, saying that it gives the best chance to win. Harp, shut up. Okay, we please bet best chance to win my ass. I mean, let, let's wake up. You miss, you didn't get the two point conversion, and you went for it on a fourth and two early in the second quarter on your side of the fifty yard line, and you lost the game, thirty three twenty eight. Okay, so don't sit up there and say, "Well, it put us in the best chance to win." Uh, it put us in the best chance to win, and I think if we would execute, I think the score of that we lost by would have been would have been closer than what it was. What? Can, I mean, can somebody tell John Harbaugh to wake up and smell the coffee? I mean, I mean, I mean, Ravens fans, you're lucky that he doesn't go by the analytics more than he does because. Because if you if you did, your team would be dead man walking. Okay, you throw out the you think you you think Vince Lombardi used the analytics and and cared about what some dopey uh, cared about what some dopey twenty six year old with the fuzzy hair and the rectangular glasses with the flip flops and the uh, and the uh, and the and the Cornell College uh, sweater thought, thought, thought you know. Analyzing the games from uh, sitting next to Steve Bashotti and Ray Lewis, do you think Vince Lombardi had one had one of those dopes sitting up here trying to tell him what to do? This isn't baseball, all right. This this is football instinct. 
going with your gut, going with going what you see with your eyes. Okay? This is, you know, this is, this is not baseball where the sport itself is so mathematically based in every little thing that it kind of goes to that. Where it's bit where it's where it's like a chess match. You move, you know, one pit one every one pitch can mean all it's not that. This is football, alright? I don't care what stupid analytical crap that Harbaugh was given into his headset at uh you know at tw- at uh twelve thirty Eastern or excuse me twelve thirty Kansas City time last Sunday that made him think that made him think it was a good idea for him to go for on fourth and two because it wasn't because you ended up not giving it and then Mahomes went right down the field and absolutely torched your defense. And speaking of defense, Earl Thomas, shut up, all right? Please, this isn't Seattle. This isn't, you know, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks with Russell Wilson and Sherman. Shut up. No environment. No environment. For the fact that you are coming off of an Achilles injury, you're a great talent, but the Ravens did pay a little bit too much for a guy who's in his 30s coming off of an Achilles surgery. Okay, shut up. You got absolutely torched in the ballgame. What what what? Keep keep your mouth shut. Keep keep your mouth shut. And go out and play. All right. This isn't Seattle. This isn't Seattle where you are. You know where you're a demigod in in the city and in one of the great safe in one of the greatest safeties ever played the game. All right. You're playing. You're playing in the same city where Ed Reed and Rod Woodson played. All right. And Ray Lewis. See, this isn't Seattle where until you got there, the team, the, all the team had was Steve Largent and Brian Bosworth. Okay, this is the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, they're not the they're not the CS, not the Packers, but in their short little history, the Ravens have had a lot of all-time greats and a lot of uh, and a lot of great moments in their history. Okay, you're not Ed Reed. Shut up and play defense and pipe down. All right, enough of Earl Thomas. I side him number one. Item number one. Item number two. Okay, Bruce Arians. What in the what in the name what in the world was Bruce Arians thinking, going for it, on not going for it, but taking the delay a game to so quote unquote his kicker could have a better could have a better shot at ki- at kicking the game winning field goal. Okay, I mean I mean I mean Bruce 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 Bruce. I know you took a year off coaching, but how you please on don't sit up here and give me that well to give him a better sh- no it does not no T- take the field goal and take your chances if he misses it up close he misses it up close but no but but i mean it's so many things wrong with that why in the world would you be- i mean and the and your offense was absolutely torching torching the Giants' secondary in the game, all right? They made Jameis Winston out to be Doug Williams, for crying out loud. You have it, you're literally marching down the field, have a chance to win the game, and you and you deliberately take a five-yard penalty to so you, quote-unquote, your, your kicker could have a better... I mean, Bruce, how dumb can you be? Honest to God. You take a five-yard delay game penalty because you think it's quote-unquote, and it wasn't like that. You and it wasn't like that. I mean, it was like you guys were like inside the five-yard line. What 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 difference is five yards going to make when you're like at the 15, 20, 25? What what difference is that going to make? You were you know what you essentially did? You essentially iced your own kicker. That's what you did. That was stupid. Again, Giants went 32-31. Everyone wants to crown Daniel Jones the next Phil Simms or anything else. But anyway, but that you know, the, the, I'll leave that for the New York Sports Talk to break down. I'm not breaking down Giants and Buccaneers game by game. I'm more I'm and I'm and breaking down Daniel Jones and him run and him having more movement than Eli than Eli Manning on Christmas morning. But please, 
I, what I'm more concerned about is the idea that Arians basically iced his own kicker by taking an asinine delay a game penalty when there was no reason for him to take a delay a game penalty. That's item number two. Item number three. How about the Rams and the, how about the Rams and the Browns and Freddie Kitchens and the and the Cleveland and the Cleveland Browns? I mean, I, I mean, I mean, seriously. Seriously, I mean they—they they are so again. Uh, That—that's same with, with the Ravens. There were so many things wrong with with the sequences of that game. I don't even know when to, where to begin there, because the whole theme I'm going with the opening monologue is crushing the coaches. But Baker Mayfield played no better either. I mean, good. I mean, good. Good. Good mercy, Baker Mayfield. Your first game in your career on Sunday Night Football, and I get 18 for 36, 195 yards, and a touchdown, and one interception. If I want, if I want to see this crap put on the field, I, I can go call up Andy Dalton and say, Andy, you can stink it up on Sunday Night Football all you want, because God knows that's what he does best anyway. But I mean, seriously, Baker. You, 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 I mean, and after you walked around, after you walked around, after you basically walked around with your chest puffed out for practically since the ending of last season, and you walked around with your chest puffed out, swear, you know, made us, made us think that you were essentially Otto Graham for, and use, and you sit up there and give us this crappy performance. And the Rams were essentially giving you the game. Again, Jared Goff, a little overrated. Two interceptions, you know, two interceptions. And Todd Gurley didn't have the game of his life either. And Goff fumbled as well. So Goff turned over the football three times. Turned over the football three times. You shut down Todd Gurley and you still couldn't win the football game. And the Rams gave you enough opportunities. And I got Baker Mayfield, who basically runs his mouth and thinks he's the next Otto Graham. I got him in his Sunday Night Football debut, 18 for 36, 195 yards and an interception. And a fumble, by the way. I mean, my gosh. I mean, and then, and then you want to sit there, and then you expect us to get to eat to eat crow and and to eat our words and expect for us to be impressed because you beat the hapless Jets, who haven't who practically haven't done anything since 1968, and you want us to, to uh, and you want us to do handstands and uh, and get all excited because you beat the Jets on Monday Night Football, really? You just played the defending NFC champion that played in last year's Super Bowl. And they did anything but but physically give you the football game but via forfeit, and you still couldn't win the game. And again, and Odell as well, Odell and Landry for that matter. Three receptions, sixty-two yards from Javar from Jarvis Landry, and OBJ six receptions, fifty-six yards. Yet I'm supposed to, uh, yet I'm supposed to basically lose my mind, lose my mind, and go crazy over some stupid asinine one-handed catch me again he made against the hapless Jets on Monday Night Football. I'm supposed to get all up in arms over that, really? And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm not even, matter of fact, I'll bring it up now. Why in the world on a 4th and 9, you running shotgun Freddie Kitchens with 9.24 in the 4th quarter, you're down by 4, you're at you're on their 40-yard line, why in God's name do you run a draw play out of the shotgun formation when the, 49, when the Rams are stacking the box? Please tell me. And and Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald is in the vicinity trying to make a play on him. Why in the world would you would you a would you go for it in that situation and b run a draw play out the shotgun? I mean, how dumb can you be? Honestly. Then they get into the then they get inside the Rams five yard line. 
the, they start first and goal in the fourth quarter with 43 seconds left. The score is 20 to 13. And I got Baker Mayfield and the Browns and Freddie Kitchens, especially, who uh, who we all heard this past offseason that you swore Freddie Kitchens was the next uh, Paul Brown, for crying out loud. And the and the Browns go basically they go five wide the first they go they go uh they got four wide receivers the first play they got trips right second play and then they and then they and then they break out in a third and goal but the same with the, with the trips at the top of the screen and then the receiver at the bottom of it and then on a fourth and goal and on a fourth and goal they have five wide. So I mean, so, so let me get this straight. I mean, shotgun really all four plays with three wide receiver with three, four, and five wide receiver sets. I mean, did did I mean, Freddie? Did you watch and pay attention to the Falcons and Eagles divisional playoff game from two years ago when Steve Sarkeesian basically did the exact same thing with the with with the with Ryan with Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense and the Eagles practically and stopped them on every single play and and then. And then they and then they and then they had the idiocy to and then they had the goal and the idiocy to literally pull the same crap at the end of the kickoff game against them not even not even uh not even nine months later. I mean honestly what really how and how and why would you do such a stupid thing like that? Pulling trips wide receiver, pulling shotgun formation with trips wide receivers, having them five wide. Oh my gosh, Almighty! And then the idiot, ba- and then the and then the idiot Baker again. Who, if you would have listened and would have paid attention to all the crap that he was taught and all the smack he was talking about all through training camp and through all the off season, you'd have swore he was out of grandma Bernie Kosar. Well, on this play on a fourth and goal with thirty three seconds left with the game on the line, he's pr- he proved he's not even Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones was literally in the exact same situation and the Buccaneer game with with literally wide receivers all over the place, defenses playing man. There is no guy back in the end zone playing zone. Everybody's back is to the receive is to the quarterback, and he literally has a wide open gap for Daniel Jones literally just to to do a light jog and he's into the end zone and the giant and the giants end up winning the game same situation and the and the browns game and the thing that makes it even more is that baker mayfield is a quarterback that isn't afraid to take off running when he has to but what happens they run an empty they run an empty five wide formation and literally everybody is covered and the d end on baker's left comes chasing after him rather than the idiot Baker who literally has a wide open pocket right in front of him for him to literally take two steps, run and nose dive into the end zone and the Browns ha- and the Browns win the football game. Now instead of that, we're going to sit up here and we're basically going to run a, run a uh, run a bootleg, have two people chasing us and me throw a bonehead asinine interception be- because like because my receivers aren't open, I'm getting chased d- down Field by two guys, and I and I chuck it up and say a hail mary prayer, rather than rather than him having the have rather than rather than him having the precision and the and the overall football intelligence and the and and the common sense to step up in the pocket. Look at literally the end zone is wide open for him to run run through the pocket, run past the line of scrimmage and go into. But instead he gets chased by two Rams guys back to about the fifteen yard line and throws off his back foot and throws an interception. And I got and I got everyone equating Baker Mayfield to Otto Graham and, and equating this Freddie Kitchens moron to be, practically be the next uh, Paul Brown. Give me a freaking break. So again, Harbaugh got one. You got the best kicker punter combo in the sport. Use him. 
and don't pay any and and quit Centipede and try to be hip and try to this isn't baseball okay throw the analytical crap out the window okay Bel, uh, Lombardi Belichick all the all time great coaches and it's it's what it's their gut and what they see what their eyes and what the game plan for during the week. Okay, nobody cares about some about some dopey twenty seven year old with the with the fuzzy comb over haircut with with the uh, with the flip flops on and the uh, and and the khaki cargo shorts with the with the Cornell sweatshirt on making the calls upstairs eating shrimp cocktails with Steve Bashotti and uh, Frederick G and Doctor Frederick G Smith. Nobody cares. Okay, watch the game and make decisions with your eyes, Arians. Why don't ever ice your kicker again unless you unless you basically want to get lambasted from every media platform from this dopey podcast to freaking first take on ESPN? Okay, don't do it. And Kitchens, Kitchens, Mayfield, OBJ, and Landry, you two, all, all of yous, all of yous, get your hands out of your ass and start playing football and wake up. Because you are one in three, playing your first divisional game of the season of the Baltimore Ravens, first game of the season against the Baltimore, first divisional game of the season against the Baltimore Ravens, and you guys, and your guys' best accomplishment this season is beating the hapless New York Jets, who are down two quarterbacks, and and essentially have nobody left but Le'Veon Bell with a trash offensive line. So please, Baker, step up in the pocket. And take what the defense gives you, all right? And Freddie, you, you don't have to be a football genius not to know that that perhaps calling empty shotgun formations with uh, with three and four and five wide receivers out practically and and being all stopped by man coverage, you don't have to be Vince Lombardi to realize that you don't do that inside your opponent's five-yard line when it's less than a minute left in the ball game and you need a touchdown in order for you to, in order for you to stay alive in the game. Did, did, I mean, did this idiot not learn anything from Sarkeesian and the and the Falcons in and the, and the Falcons in both of the Eagle games, the playoff game and the kickoff game, the beginning of the next season? So that's where we'll start here today. Take a break. Bengals and Redskins both 0-3. I des I I will dissect both of those teams back after this. Welcome back to Metallica TIS podcast. Switching gears now to two teams that well that are close to the show. Mine being the Cincinnati Bengals and our good pal Brandon Brendan Dillon. We haven't had uh, yet to discuss the 2019 season. We will in the f- future. I'll make sure I get on that. But, uh, but yeah, two teams that are close to the show and close to me. One is my favorite team, and then the other one is, uh, you know, right down the road in Landover, Maryland, in the Washington Redskins. Both teams who start who have started their season 0-3, and there's plenty of blame to go around. More so the Redskins, because they really haven't had, you know, they got a first-round quarterback, and they still have the same coaching group sitting there. You know, no one isn't going to knock the Bengals coaching staff just yet. You know, if anything, it's 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 the same crap from the owner, and then it's uh, and then it's just the roster itself. The you know the coaching staff got an overhaul. If the Bengals don't change it around and and uh, get themselves together quick, fast, and in a hurry, it looks like they could be the one due for a next overhaul. If Mike Brown decides uh, to put down uh, the prices right. And wake up and start being a competent football owner before uh, the final bell rings on uh, his old, uh, disappointing wife uh, as owner in the National Football League of the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Bengals, they lost 21-17 against the Buffalo Bills on the road. They fought 0-3. Buffalo somehow, some ways, is 3-0 and is going to get absolutely smacked in the mouth by the New England Patriots. Boy, are they in for a rude awakening uh, on a Sunday when they when they think that they honestly have a shot against the Patriots and Tom Brady throws for 400 yards on them. Boy, will that be funny. Anyway, 
Cincinnati is 0-3. Andy Dalton was 20 for 36 with 250 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions, one of them at the end of the game. That absolutely made no sense whatsoever, throwing the ball in the middle of the field, a totally uncatchable ball where the catcher rate is slim to none in that situation, and Andy Dalton literally throws it right up there for the Buffalo Bills defenders to 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 have when the Bengals defense did a decent job making sure that the Bengals got the ball back with enough time. But anyway, that that's not a you know there. But the Bengals uh, and Joe Mixon, 15 carries, 60 yards. Auden Tate, you know, was leading receiver of the game, six receptions, 88 yards. You know, the offense really couldn't, really did not get anything. It was that, matter of fact, they were dead in the first half. We're, uh, we're getting, we're absolutely getting beat. Uh, and we're down 14, and we're down 14 nothing at halftime. And, and then came out and scored a touchdown in the third quarter and managed to put up 10 points in the fourth quarter. But the Bengals' offense has been completely dead. Uh, they they've barely they've scored twenty one time, and that was in they've scored more than twenty one time, and that was week one when they put up twenty against the uh, against the Seahawks. But other than that, the Bengals have scored seventeen points in back to back ball games, and again one time twenty points or more. And when you and I get it and I get I get it and I understand that this team does not win and the offense is not as sharp and is not as strong without Andy Dalton at quarterback. But still, guys, you can't expect to compete for anything when you guys can't put up more than the average twenty one points. You can't win. I don't care if you're playing the Bills. I don't care if you're playing the 49ers. I don't care if you're playing the Seahawks. Can't win football games where you, where you, where you struggle to put up 17 points. Where you get shut out in the first half of play. And it's not like that the Buffalo Bills are essentially the 1990 Buffalo Bills. I mean, you guys have got to, got to, got to get yourself together. Especially on offense. Because... I'm because I get it. Andy AJ Green is out, but I can't take much more of this. Joe Mixon, you were one of the, you were top five in the league last year in rushing yards. I shouldn't have to look at your stat line and see fifteen carries for sixty yards. You averaging four yards a carry. That's unacceptable, my friend. Considering that we that we took a chance to win against pop popular public opinion in drafting you because you got caught because you got caught swinging on some woman in a restaurant at your days at Oklahoma, so I would not be the one who you know stinking up the joint. He has to change it quick, fast, and in a hurry because because he is the second best offensive player on this football team when AJ Green is not out on the field. And Tyler, and you know, it was it was expected that John Ross was going to have a quiet day. You know, it was it was only it was only you know, yeah, you 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 could have expected that to to occur. He had two receptions, twenty two yards, was targeted six times. I mean, when your leading receiver is Auden Tate, that you know, you you're in, you're in, you you are in some major major issues. The the, uh, the Bengals offense just has to get rolling. It just has to get rolling, and the defense cannot, under any circumstances, allow the Bills to practically march and march up and down the field on them every every single time, every little single time we turn around. I mean, they led Buffalo. Th- I mean, they led Buffalo rush for 175 yards, and. And they and the and they allowed them to go, to be thirty eight to go thirty eight percent on third down to the Bengals twenty seven. When you can't convert on third down on offense, and your opponent it is outdoing you on third down thirty eight percent to twenty seven percent, and is dominating you in time of possession because you can't get off the field and can't force the three and out get a turnover or anything. Thirty six minutes and fifty four seconds time of possession compared to the Bengals twenty three minutes and six seconds. When you can't get them off the field because you're either missing tackles or, like they did, like they did, like they did right here, allowing Buffalo to rush for one hundred seventy five rushing yards in the ball game. You cannot expect to win ball games under any circumstances. I don't care who you are and I don't care who you play. That is absolutely unacceptable. And the Bengals have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. Take control of that 
see that, address that, and fix that. Or else this season will go downhill so fast, it it, it will make your head spin a circle, spin in circles a million times over. Another and 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 if they don't, and if the Bengals aren't careful, honestly, if they lose, if they lose Monday night against Pittsburgh. You can hang up the season, and you can practically tell everybody on the offense, outside of maybe mix, outside of maybe Mixon, and uh, Boyd because he has an extension. But you can be, you can tell everyone on the offense outside of Boyd, Mixon, and Green because Green wants to stay here. Outside of those three guys, you can tell everybody on the offense to take a hike, in, including Dalton. Okay, I get it. He's top five in the league in passing yards, but. Again, we are 0 three, not three and zero. So I I res- I expect and I want results, and I'm not getting them. And I know good and well Andy Dolan is not taking us to the promised land. So as soon as we get that final sign and get that final notice, you might as well cut strings with him now before it's too late. Be- because we because we are not winning a we could if we can't win a, a playoff game with Andy Dalton. You know, good and well, we ain't winning no Super Bowl with Andy Dalton at quarterback, no neither. Now, with the Washington Redskins, they are just a mess up and down. You know, Bengals, they have new coaching staff, new coaches. You get the, you know, if the Bengals, like I said, rehaul the, rehaul most of the roster for the most part. The Bengals and Mike Brown, you know, chokes on a, uh, on a uh, drumstick. You know, the, the Bengals be a okay. Redskins on the other hand is a different story. They got and plus the plus Dan Snyder plus with the Bengals, Mike Brown could be gone to, could be gone tomorrow, and all the Bengals problems, you know, go wherever he goes, whether it's heaven, whether it's hell, or straight into the ground with his, with his casket. But still, the Redskins are stuck with are stuck with the guy who's going to be on this earth of about thirty more years, who they ain't looking to sell the team anytime soon, unless the team really goes in the toilet. And the fans give him the finger, and he essentially makes no money as uh, as red as Redskins owner. And that is the and the Washington Redskins they have the most problems because not only do they have a t- terrible owner like the Bengals, but the advantage that the Bengals have is that their owner is old. Their owner, their owner is old. They, their owner doesn't. Our owner doesn't have much much time left on us to begin with. Hit, you know hit. The the time that you know we we ever hear like old folks or your parents talk about you know the time of day that that you, that their life is at, so for instance like those of us who are like in our late teenage years knocking on twenty knocking on eighteen years of age, we're we're like at uh we're we're ele- we're knocking on about eleven o'clock in the morning, you know eleven o'clock eleven thirty in the morning. All right? That that's where we are. Mike Mike Brown is at. You know, Mike Brown is is about a quarter to is about a quarter to midnight, while Dan Snyder is more or is more or less uh, getting around dinner time. The point the point is, is that the Redskins are going to be stuck with Dan Snyder for a long time, and that's not a good thing because ever since Dan Snyder is on the Redskins, nothing good has come from it. Nothing good. They haven't been to a. They haven't been to the closest that they've gotten to to a Super Bowl is I believe in 1999 when they when they came about a game away from playing in the NFC Championship game, but they have not played an NFC Championship game. They they essentially have not done a thing since Jack Ken Cook sold the team at the tur- at the turn of the millennium. They've done absolutely nothing as a franchise, including on Monday Night Football, where I believe they're one in seventeen at home at FedEx Field. On Monday Night Football games, and they completely spit the spit up the place, you know, and allowing Chicago to beat them thirty-one to fifteen. Made Mitch Trubisky look like a Hall of Fame quarterback, twenty-five for thirty-one, two hundred and thirty-one yards, and three touchdown passes. And me, meanwhile, the Redskins' defense was getting torched left and right, and couldn't make a single tackle, and couldn't get off the field if their lives depended on it. And Case Keenum, he threw three interceptions, which didn't help. Which didn't help. You know, they started to make a little, and not to mention he fumbled three times and, and lost two of them. So five turnovers, five turnovers in the ball game, three interceptions, and two lost fumbles from your quarterback, 
and your defense can't get off the, and your defense cannot get off the field to save their lives because Taylor Gabriel all of a sudden turned into Jerry Rice in the ball game and you allow Chicago to go 61% on third down and rule time of possession 31 minutes and 36 seconds and you can't hold on to the football you're going to lose football games you are go- you are going to lose football games and the Redskins have nobody to blame but themselves. And they honestly have been on a down spiral and have not responded since halftime of week one against the Eagles game. They have not responded and have not made any adjustments whatsoever of note since since halftime back in week one on the road against the Eagles. Have the, the the first half the so far the Redskins highlight of this season is their first half highlights against the Eagles. That's it. Their highlight reel begins and ends with those thirty minutes of play on the road against the Eagles, because they absolutely have gotten punked in back to back games against the Cowboys, where the place was Cowboy fans, and then on Monday Night Football in front of everybody, they got embarrassed by the Bears with Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy at, at quarterback. And Matt Nagy isn't exactly uh, Mike Dicka by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, and Trubisky isn't necessarily... Uh, i trying to think of a Bears all-time quarterback. Well, I'll, you know, I'll use him because he's on the top of my head. He isn't exactly Joe Montana, no neither. So, I mean, the Redskins are just... I I think in my opinion the Redskins just need to give her anything. Snyder sell the team, get clean house of the coaching staff from Gruden and all from Jay Gruden to all of his assistants. Get rid of the clear house the whole coaching staff. And put Dwayne Haskins at quarterback because I've seen enough of Case Keenum to last a lifetime. Okay, I think the highlight of his career is going to be the is going to be the Minneapolis miracle play when he was with the Vikings and made that last second clutch game winning touchdown to Stephon Diggs in the 2017 NFC Divisional Playoff game against the Saints. Okay, and if that's the highlight of his career, then so be it. But I've seen enough of Case Keenum play quarterback the last of a lifetime. Okay, time to time to give put the young guy in there and see and see what he's got, because because you are obviously because the Redskins season is looks looks look they are literally dead man walking right now because they cannot get out of their own way if their lives depend on it. They got an offensive lineman by the name of Trent Williams, I believe who still hasn't reported to the team, held out the entirety of training camp, has held out the previous three weeks of the season because the training staff is garbage and he don't want to have to put up with Dan Snyder and his bull crap. So he's holding. I mean, there's just so many issues wrong with the Washington Redskins. You'd have to... It's it's hard to, as a, as a broadcaster and as a commentator, it's hard to even begin to describe and discuss the issues with this franchise because there are just so many of them at one time you, you're like it's just like reading off of a long grocery list i mean wh- what item do we get what item do we pick up and deal with first but the redskins they just have to clean house and just get and, and get rid of as much and get rid of as much clutter and get a, and get rid of as much as of of quote unquote junk as possible because they are not winning anything with this bunch. Not the NFC East, and and you know good well not the Super Bowl no neither. But the but the Redskins and the Bengals, but if they want to salvage their season, they both have to step it up, primarily offensively. Take a break, and we will be back with more of the I'm a Tell Like a T.I.S. podcast right after this. Welcome back to my Tell Like a T.I.S. podcast. Uh, quick little new, you know, I told you this. I brought this up in an opening monologue. Super Bowl 54, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez performing it. So if you like to see two Latino women uh, over 40, uh, Jennifer Lopez, who turned 50 years old, who, you know, Still feels obligated to uh, go up on stage and shake her booty as if we need to see uh, f- a 50-year-old uh, hind parts 
twerked and shaken on stage. So if you're into that, uh, you can uh, get your jollies off watching her watch uh, perform Super Bowl halftime with Shakira, who again, over 40, 42 years of age. Uh, both of them have not been relevant since uh, Bill Clinton was president. And in in the mainstream music business, both have not been relevant. Cardi B and uh, and Ariana Grande have taken over, but uh, you know if you're into that, uh, God bless you. As those two will be performing the Super Bowl Fifty Four halftime show uh, when Super Bowl Fifty Four rolls around the first Sunday of February two thousand and twenty. Uh, recap the Thursday night football game. The Philadelphia Eagles won 34-27. Eagles are 5-0 on Thursday night football under Doug Peterson. So they have that going for them. Meanwhile, the Eagles are improving 2-2 two two on the season. And boy, they have, boy, did they need this win. And if you're an Eagles fan, you feel pretty good about things, about the fact that you went into, uh, that you went into Green Bay and took care of business against Aaron Rodgers. Who looked who looked like his old self throwing uh, going 34 for 53 throwing for throwing for 422 passing yards and two touchdowns with only one interception. I mean they got I mean the I mean the secondary got torched in the game allowing Aaron Rodgers to throw for over 400 yards and allowing Devontae Adams to have a field day with 10 receptions 180 yards, but. I mean, if you but if you're an Eagles fan, you gotta you feel pretty good about uh, how your team played on Thursday night. Wentz he threw for three touchdowns, but his but his you know he didn't go crazy with the passing yards. Only 160 through four. Jordan Howard was all right, 15 carries, 87 yards, and two touchdown passes. Uh, it was just a good good overall uh, team effort. From the Philadelphia Eagles, and they, boy, they need that win coming off of a inexcusable loss at home to the Detroit Lions, and they went into Lambeau Field, and they uh, and and they took care of business. So, congrats uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles as they improved to two and two on the young 2019 season. So. Recap that. Recap week three. Time to preview the rest of week four of the National Football League. Picks and previews right after this. Welcome back to Like TIS podcast. Uh, switching gears now. Preview and picks week four in the National Football League. The way I always do it, pick two or three, two or three games. It catches my eye to look out for. Pick two this time. I'll pick the Browns and the Ravens game. And I'll pick the Sunday night game between the Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. So, of course, in the order of which the game starts, I'll do Browns and Ravens first, and then I'll get to the Sunday night game second. Then the picks close out the program. Uh, Browns and Ravens. Browns coming off of a uh, loss, like I mentioned earlier in the program. At the hands of the Rams at home, they are now. Did I say one and three? I meant they are one and two. I apologize if I brought up a one and three early in the show, but they are one and two. That's a bad job on my part. They're one and two. They beat the Jets and they lost week. They got stomped in week one by Tennessee, and they uh, and they of course lost to the Rams last Sunday night. So they're zero and two. At home to begin the 2019 campaign, with uh, them being one and zero on the road, having beat the Jets a few weeks back, while the while the Ravens are two and one coming off of their first loss of the season on the road against Kansas City, they return back home where they are 18 and two in September home games under John Harbaugh since 2008, have won 21 of 23 dating back to 2006. In the month of September at home. Mayfield and Jackson, two Heisman Trophy winners. Mayfield entering this entering this game. 56% of his passes are being completed. Three touchdowns, five interceptions. While Lamar Jackson 
clearly so far in this season has been the better quarterback, throwing sixty three, completing sixty three percent of his passes for seven touchdowns and no interceptions. So you can see Lamar Jackson has certainly been the better quarterback in this young season. Ravens have always beat have beaten Cleveland. For the most part, they are thir- they are nineteen and three against the Browns since two thousand and eight in the Harbaugh era, the most wins against any single opponent in that span. Now they did lose at Cleveland last year, so they split against Cleveland last year. But still, and the last time these two teams faced off was when the Ravens had the AFC North title on the line, and Pittsburgh as well when these two teams faced off. In week 17 at Baltimore, and this is the when C.J. Mosley made the uh, made the game ceiling division winning interception off of Baker Mayfield in week uh, 17 on New Year's Eve Eve back in late December, and this is the first time these two teams have played each other since that game, and they are right back uh, where the last game was in Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium. Baker Mayfield again who. You would have sworn by the way he runs his mouth and all the Baker hype train conductors, you would have sworn he was Otto Graham. But newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, he isn't. I mean, he's he's pretty. He's a cockier version with Andy. He's a cockier version of Andy Dalton who can grow facial hair and and has and who isn't a ginger, because he like Andy Dalton. Uh, a can't. A can't. They they don't play well in prime time. And B, they don't play very well against teams with above 500 record. Baker Mayfield is one and six against teams entering entering the football game with a 500 record. So it should be a, so it should be a good and interesting football game. And I'll give you my picks for that game in about a few minutes. Second game I want to get to is the Sunday night game of the week on NBC: Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Cowboys coming off of. Uh, coming off of another win, beating uh, beating the Redskins on the road last Sunday, uh, absolutely. Now they've had. Now this is their first real test. I wouldn't even say real test because Drew Brees isn't going to play. You got Teddy Bridgewater, but still, it's it's a bigger test than going up against the Redskins, Dolphins, and uh, and uh, who did they play week one? The Giants. As your first three games of the season, they absolutely obliterated the Dolphins at home. That was that was a picnic walk in the park. They beat the cow. They beat the Redskins on the road, and then week one, they uh, beat the Giants. So this is the, the Cowboys' first test of the season. Not even a not even a real legitimate one because Drew Brees is not on the field. But it is a test because for the most part, it's the same. Saints team that played pretty well against a pretty good uh, Seahawks team last week and won. So the Saints necessarily aren't written off just yet, but they got to rely on quality quarterback play from Teddy Bridgewater like he did last Sunday on the road against Seattle. Uh, just compare the running backs right quick. Entering this game, Zeke six touches, three hundred twenty-two scrimmage yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara has touched the ball fifty-nine times, one less touch than Zeke with three hundred ninety scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. And uh, let's see. And a little quick nugget here. Since the start of last season, the Cowboys were six and one when record. So when it's, so when the Cowboys force their opponent to throw an interception, they are six and one in those games since 2018. When the if the Cowboys defense gets the gets uh, the opposing quarterback to rush, hurry throws, just make stupid decisions, or just play on having great coverage, they force the opposing quarterback to throw an interception. The Cowboys win the game more often than not. So you got to keep an eye out for that. That should be a fun, interesting football game on Sunday Night Football uh, tomorrow night at uh, 8.20. Now, it is time for our Week 4 picks in the National Football League in the league where they play full pay. Patriots and Bills. Patriots coming off of another win 
all at home against the hapless New York Jets. While the Buffalo Bills are coming off of a win, a clutch last minute win that they nearly blew away against my beloved Cincinnati Bengals. I have the Patriots winning that game 31-21. Falcons and Titans. Titans. Coming, going on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons, who absolutely got dominated on the road against Jacoby Brissett and the Indianapolis Colts. I got the Titans winning the football game 28-17. Ravens and Browns, like I mentioned earlier in the program, I told you what I expect. I think Cleveland, honestly, they're going to eat a lot of crow and eat lots of bags of crap from the cockiness and the arrogance that they have had that they have not yet earned. And I think the Ravens, who are a little pissed off because the Ravens, after all, are defending division champions from last year. They beat Cleveland and North Carolina to win the division last year. And they still think they are the kings of the AFC North, and rightfully so, as they have definitely had many success outside of a couple of years of winning this uh, division. So I have the Ravens beating the Browns at home, which they typically do well in playing uh, and beating the Browns at home. I have the be- I have the Ravens beating the Browns 34 to 16. Kansas City and Detroit. Detroit coming off of a good win on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, Kansas City heads on the road after beating Baltimore at home. I have Kansas City beating Detroit, who still remains undefeated. I have Kansas City beating Detroit, handing them their first loss of the season, 35-24. The Texans and the Panthers. The Panthers surprisingly played very, very well against the uh, hapless Arizona Cardinals, while the Texans come in, come in at home looking for a win. I have the Texans winning 28-24. The Raiders and the Colts. Colts, like I said, beating uh, Atlanta last week. Meanwhile, the Raiders just gotta—they gotta find something after beating absolutely after being absolutely dominated at home against the Minnesota Vikings. I th- I will pick the Colts to win that game, 31-21. Get the uh, get the music here uh, going. Uh, here we go. There we go. Now we got the music going. The good old Sam Spence never fails. Uh, moving on to the next game, we got the Chargers and the Dolphins. Dolphins got absolutely punked. They're tanking. Who cares about the Dolphins? Meanwhile, Chargers looking to get back on winning ways after losing a tough one last week on the road. Or, excuse me, at home. Chargers are on the road, though, this time. I got the Chargers winning 35-17. to 17. The Redskins and the Giants. Daniel Jones worked his magic in his first career NFL start, coming back to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the help of Bruce Arians and his asinine play. Uh, not asinine play calling, but asinine coaching decision and icing his kicker and taking the delay game penalty. Oh, my gosh, I still can't believe that. But and, and the Redskins on the road looking for a win to possibly try to salvage their season and salvage Jay Gruden's job as they go on the road to play the Giants first time this season. And I think Washington will find the win column and win 27-20. to 20. Meanwhile, Seattle and Arizona. Seattle losing a tough game at home, something they really do. That was their first uh, September loss at home in the Pete Carroll era. As they head on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals, they got beat by the Panthers last week, like I previously mentioned. Uh, Seattle, I have them winning 35-17. to 17. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay and the Rams. Rams beating the Browns last week on Sunday Night Football. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay blowing, blowing a lead to Daniel Jones and the Giants. And hopefully Bruce Aarons has his Kangol cap on straight. And make sure not to uh, take the uh, delayed game penalty when his kicker has a chance to make the game win a field goal. I have the Rams winning that one 37-17. to 
Meanwhile, the Vikings, coming off, like I mentioned, beating the Raiders at home, going up against the Chicago Bears, who beat the Washington Redskins on the road on Monday Night Football. I have the Bears winning that game 24-17. Jacksonville and Denver going up against each other. Jacksonville coming off of good win with that guy Minshew with the with the with the quirky mustache at home beating Tennessee on Thursday night football about ten plus days ago. Meanwhile Denver who just can't get out of their own way as they still have not won a game yet this season, but I'll pick Jacksonville to win the game 20-12. to 12. And the Sunday night game of the, or excuse me, the Monday night game of the week on ESPN, two 0-3 teams, AFC North division rivals, uh, no Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell, no Vontez Perfect, no A.J. Green, no Ben Roethlisberger. Should be interesting when these two face off in Heinz Field on Monday night, as the Bengals coming off of a coming off of a loss, they dropping to 0 and 3, having lost to Buffalo on the road last week. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh, despite giving every opportunity and chances to win last week, could not get it done against the 49ers on the road. The Bengals got to win somewhat, and I'm and, and I'm damn sure not picking the Steelers against my football team on Monday Night Football. No, 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 no. I picked the Bengals to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 28-20. So, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Amateur podcast. If you like what you heard and if you're new to the program, be sure to hit that like button not the not the like button but uh be sure to hit that subscribe button give a five star rating if you like what you heard if you're listening on apple itunes share it with your friends and family co-workers uh acquaintances uh, best friends family members mothers daughters aunts and uncles girlfriends fiancés whatever the case might be uh, be sure to follow the show on Twitter. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. My handle has changed. It is now at the J Shield, not at the J at not at the J underscore Shield. So again, Twitter refresh for me. It's at the J Shield. All one thing, not not repeat not at the J underscore Shield. So uh, be sure if you're on Twitter to follow your boy. Uh, for everything that he has to say when he's not sitting behind uh, this very microphone. Remember, episode. look for an episode tomorrow for the MLB postseason preview where I preview the 2019 NFL season, excuse me, 2019 MLB postseason. So be on the lookout for that as I will break down the 2019 MLB postseason and, and give you my... World Series pick with the field at hand because the Cleveland Indians, my World Series pick, are not in the 2019 MLB tournament. So, for yours truly, Josh Shields, enjoy week four. Talk to you for the postseason show. God bless. Y'all take care. See ya.